Welcome, everyone, to a little preview of something we're really excited to bring you, which is going to be a brand new Patreon-exclusive podcast. But you're getting this whether you're a Patreon or not, supporter or not, because uh, we wanted to kind of test the waters a little bit. So if you give at the $2 level by going to perfectorganism.com forward slash support or looking us up on Patreon, you will get access to this brand new podcast that Called we are calling Shit Show, <laughs> Shit Show <laughs> The Lighter Side of Perfect Organism. And we are so excited about this thing. Uh, Jamie, you want to give us more details about it? Oh, yeah. So Patrick and I have been sort of talking about Patreon, what we can do, how do we make it better, how do we cater to Perfect Organism fans? Because as many people know, people who are patrons, our Patreon show which is frame rate it's sort of for both it's for uh shoulder variety the blade runner podcast patrons and perfect organism but we we really want to make something specifically for perfect organism listeners and patrons and we thought what can we do and so the first iteration of this was let's just shit all over avp (laughs) 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 we were going to talk about it but i mean come on uh come on people they're just shitty movies most people know even though the first one's fun and a little much better than the second and so shit show is really going to be just a way for us to unwind and have fun and not think about it let our hair down totally take a shit and enjoy it yeah let our face huggers down (laughs) let the face huggers down Open our eggs. Yeah, <laughs> getting sexual. <laughs> no, but I, I, can't, I can't wait to do this. So we're starting with the series on AVP right now. We have some other stuff in store. We might go out of the franchise at some point. Um, and we really want Shit Show to be uh, interactive with our patrons. So we're going to be um, looking into doing some live tapings of it with you guys, doing some more content uh, where we get your input in real time and we um, include it. Because we don't want to just like just shit on things. We want to actually talk about it and have fun and enjoy it, yeah. kind of give each other shit as well. So you'll see that, you know, we don't shit 100% on AVP. AVP Requiem, maybe we do. But that's, we do. that being said, we want you guys to shit with us so we can all shit together. So if you give it the $2 level. Have, yeah, if you, you give it the $2 level, you can listen and say someone really has a, some shit they want to say. Maybe the, maybe you come on. Maybe you, you come, come on, on and you talk with us. <laughs> you come on, take a shit right with us. Take a shit show. with us. All right, so let's get this shit going, all right? <laughs> Who do I have to fuck to get off this boat? Fork. Fuck. Fork. I like rocks. I love rocks. This is weird. That's cool. You two don't give a shit about rocks. But what you do seem to care about is gigantic dead bodies. Weird. And I don't really have anything to contribute in the gigantic dead body arena! Watch it fucking side me! Weird. This is the fucking episode right now? Yeah! All right, I'll record it. All right, We're about where to was have I? A shit show, so I was, I was. <laughs> it's such a shit show. I didn't know it fucking started yet. Oh my god. Okay, where was I when I heard about AVP? Uh, I was microwaving a burrito. No, I was, uh, I was in college. <laughs> I was a sophomore in college, and I lost my shit about it. What year was this? Two thousand four. Yeah. Yes, I was in my twenties. Um, your late forties. I had heard about it in 2003 when it was in uh, production and, uh, in entertainment weekly. And I remember being like, so pumped. And for one thing, entertainment weekly, I don't know what it, what it was with that magazine, but I feel like that was like my main source of fan information growing up. Isn't it weird? 
Entertainment Weekly and Premiere. Premiere was like the pinnacle of movie magazines, and of course, right. they're gone now. Although I do have the collectors for collector four collector edition of the Phantom Menace and um, oh, those four. really? All four of them. Yep, yep, yep. Mm. Just about mint condition. Yo. Yes, yeah, so but by the time I Premiere, you know, went under, it was like I wasn't the right age for it. I, I feel like for me. Entertainment Weekly. Also, my dad had a subscription to it, so I just like got every single, you know. Th- and so, so I, w- I was pretty much in the know, you know. And when this came out, I freaked out because, as you know, I've always been a huge comic fan, and the uh, AVP comics have been somewhat hit or miss lately. But especially the early years of it, they were just fucking legendary. And I was so excited to see it. It seemed like such a fertile ground for a movie to be made. And reading the comics, in my head, I'd I'd had this vision of what they would be like. Like, I really saw it. So I was prepared for something that was a little bit different than what we got. But I was was very excited. What about you? Um, I do remember not so much being excited about it. I was excited that the alien was going to be on screen again. At the same time, I felt a little bit like a prophet. (laughs) Because I knew it wasn't going to do that well. I mean, it made a little bit of money, but it didn't make a lot. You and your fucking um, biblical shit. <laughs> but Sigourney Weaver went on um, record. This was before Alien Resurrection, I think. And she said that, you know, someone had this idea about crossing the alien and predator. And she goes, just shitting all over it. And I was like, amen, sister. Amen. And unfortunately, I think. Yes, probably in a comic version, they work really well. I'm not that big of a comic reader. I think the idea is shit. I think the idea is shit. At the same time, if people love it, that is awesome. I wish I did. I don't. I just think it's Alien is really high concept. Predator hasn't really been high concept. Alien has been very loaded philosophically, all of those things that we always discuss when we we talk about Alien. And they took it and they dumbed it down to make it this beast that fights some other beast. And I was like, this isn't why I go to the movies to see this thing. I go to the movies to see the human journey. I don't go to the movies just to, oh, I want to see the creature and that's it. But AVP, the first one, was watchable. It, it was, was watchable, but let me stick up for a minute for the comic book readers tuning into this show for a second. Okay, Go ahead. I see what you're saying, Jamie. As somebody who's uninformed, <laughs> I can understand that. But I have to say that the the com- what was great about this comic book? So the first one came out in 1989. That, that was the I'm first time there was a crossover you. story, and, and and it was it's one of those things that on paper looks like it would be funny. It looks like it would be a Freddy versus Jason situation, and it was not. It was actually really literary and really interesting. And I think that the the gravitas of the alien franchise have kind of helped the predator franchise to be a little bit more uh, a little bit less gimmicky and a little more interesting there was this whole mythology around the clans and around the hunting tribes and <laughs> you taking fucking pictures of this while we're recording? i am people i just want to take a photo of us talking about <laughs> shit i'm kidding <laughs> there were all these you know the, the mythology of the clans the mythology of the hunting the mythology of the planet colonization the, the there was all of this really interesting sort of tribal culture um, that they went into, and uh, and I found it really great. That being said, I you know I was introduced to this crossover concept as a child, who was reading comic books every week. So I was to- that totally could be part of why it kind of imprinted on me. But I do think that as a concept, when it's done well, it can go really well, and that's why I think if we ever see <clears throat> a series on this, 
Um, I think rolling, that I'm hard rolling. There's the potential hard eye roll for it to go. You're just hard. You're not rolling your eyes for it to go very well. But anyway, the first one is watchable. I agree. But w- w- when you first saw it as a as a 52 year old, and we're only going to talk about the first one. <laughs> yes, the, we're only talking about the bitch. first one tonight. Okay, the Requiem yes. episode. We're going to be drunk. We're going to be fucking. We oh, should, we should actually record shit. that. We should I'm record sorry, that drunk. everyone. This is just a prefacing. When we talk about Requiem in a couple months, however long it's going to take us, it's going to be fun. <laughs> it's going to be so fun. It's going to be so fun. Hang on, but before we get to the movie, just a couple, a, a couple of quick things for for people who are not familiar with the AVP comics but are looking for like a couple gateways, if that's okay, into them. Check out the original. Uh, the original series that came out in 1990, uh, based on a short story from 89. Uh, you can also check out uh, the uh, AV- there was an AVP two follow up to it. There was the deadliest of the species, which was 93 to 95. That was the one that I fell in love with as a kid. Um, it's super super cool. Uh, and there's also uh, Aliens vs Predator War, which came out later in the 90s. Um, that's another really classic one. And then even just recently, there was Fire and Stone in 2014 which was really well received and I think uh, has some really cool AI stuff in it that I won't say too much about. Were the engineers in that one? I won't, I won't say too much about it, but well, I will say, say that say it ties. That. No, no, but, but, but I, don't, I don't want to say too much about it because it ties into uh, other other filmic trends in both Prometheus universes. Shit. I mean Prometheus. <laughs> <laughs> um, and also Life and Death and this current one, Thicker Than Blood, which I was actually really surprised by how much I liked. Um, and it is out right now. Go pick it up. But if you pick up any of these, pick up uh, Predator versus Judge Dredd versus Aliens, which is fucking a great, insane book. And now we're going to move to the movies. Go ahead. Jamie's choking himself because this is autoerotic asphyxiation. No, <laughs> I mean, before we get into the movies, let me just say, again, I think it's great that people love it. I don't look down on any, that's not my style to look down on people if they like something that I don't like. It just has never appealed to me. It doesn't appeal to me in the way that Joss Whedon and Firefly do not appeal to me. It's just lowbrow. Um, for me, that is not a judgment on anyone. And I think, just to be clear, Perfect Organism as a as a podcast has really tried to create a space where you can like something without being stupefied for liking it, without being feeling dumb for liking or made to feel dumb. It's a show. So we're I making sure a show for not... people who are intelligent and for fucking morons who like garbage. <laughs> <laughs> like bullshit. Um, but I, I, I will be uh, unequivocal about it. I think the concept is ridiculous. Ridiculous. Now, that doesn't mean in the comic book form it can be gripping and really interesting comics have never really held my interest that much i've just i was raised on movies i i was raised where we were watching movies almost every day as a child that's just what i and the movies that i saw even though the first avp i thought was yeah it was watchable it was fun they kind of nodded to ripley and it was pretty intelligent for being what it was um they made some interesting choices but largely it was just kind of like set piece after set piece in the alien Finding the pre- or the predator finding the alien and then the, and the, the humans were kind of side characters. They weren't humans. It was not about humans. It was about the creatures, which I guess is the point. I for me to be fair, it's not first. aliens versus predators versus people. At least it wasn't. What is it? Alien versus Batman? Like that's the thing too. That's it fucking started- awesome devolving it's, into excuse no, me it's, it's batman not. versus aliens no. and yes that is a that's really shit. no it is you've it's never really read it shit. you've never I, read I, it well I, well I watched that that short film 
and it was ridiculous. Oh, that's sad. I'm not talking about that. Hang on. That's cheese. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I haven't read the comic, but how is that good? It's good. How is that good? It's how good. How did an alien end up in Gotham It's City? ridiculous, but it's good. Because you know what? Because you know what? Because comics writers are some of the best writers working today because they churn out a shitload of content that has to be – it has to hold up continuity. It has to be inventive and interesting. It has to pick up where other people leave off and then keep it going stylistically and aesthetically while still forging ahead. And I think that when you put comic writers in a bizarre situation like that, like with, where you're crossing over these two incredibly unrelated franchises a good writing team and art team will make something really interesting out of it and i think again, give yeah. it a chance and uh, again let me also say and i i try and say this a lot and en- you know enough just because you don't like something doesn't mean it's bad i don't like the concept of avp i don't for me i do think it's bad but that doesn't mean it's bad in general it doesn't mean it's shit i just it doesn't appeal to anything in me that's I'm fine that's guy. fine that's fine yeah but, but, but we'll talk about the movie specifically because yeah, we'll I, I, movie. I don't want this to turn into i'm defending this movie because i don't want because i don't need to defend it because i don't love this no, movie yeah, or don't. anything no, and, yeah. and so before we go any further like jamie's, the one, for jamie's the people, apologizing a lot okay he's well, not, he's not apologizing just, to me i hear i hear voices of criticisms towards me um as I'm talking, I don't know who's all going to hear this. This is only available exclusive to Patreon. If you're not a patron, well, when did you? So 2004, right? So 2000, okay. it came on August 2004, and I, I'll give you my 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 memories of it. So I was okay. on vacation with my family. This was after my uh, sophomore year of college, and uh, and we were in Florida. And uh, we had this movie theater that because my, my parents have a condo in Florida that uh, growing up we would go to for like every vacation we you know we'd go down there, and uh, and there was a movie theater like right across the street from it which was perfect for me because as an awkward teenager who like would look for any excuse possible to not hang out with my family I was just at the movie theater all the time, and because I love movies, so I saw a lot of movies down there and this was one where there was like in, my my family knew what a big deal this was for me and they very kindly uh, you know agreed to go we all went together. And, uh, and they, I was like inconsolably upset about it afterwards. I just thought, uh, it was, I, I was just so let down because I felt like the gulf between the, the material and the comics as it was treated and what I saw on screen was so wide. And I really picked up on what you were saying, which is that as a concept, it's really stupid. If you don't do something interesting with it and you don't do something really character driven with it, it's just, it's just kind of a, it's like, you know, it's a, it's a half-assed monster movie, you know? Um, yeah. Which is un- unfortunate. I was not let down. I knew exactly what I was going into. Right. I knew that it wasn't a concept I was interested in per se. Like I wasn't like, oh my god, I've been waiting for this. Unlike our good friend uh, Aaron Percival, who we'll probably talk to eventually on this series, who it was a concept he was very interested in, and he was also like you, let down. Yeah. Um. And they've said to me before, we think a really good AVP film could be made. That's probably possible. Uh, is it probable? Are they are ever going to make another AVP film? No, it's over. They <laughs> yeah, will never make think, another AVP film. Oh, definitely not. Given both of those um, franchises currently. Yeah, and the last Predator film was just oh my God, beyond so garbage. Bad. It was it was putrescence. That was, was a, ooh, nicely done. Yeah, it was shit. <laughs> that was a very bad movie. Um, I will say with, with the first AVP film that uh, even though I was hugely let down by it and I kind of avoided it for a few years afterwards, uh, over time I came around a little bit on it. 
Um, and, uh, and I was able to sort of watch it again and kind of laugh at it, which is good because then it's, it's, it's healthy. You know, it means that you're able to like, you're not avoiding something. AVP Requiem, I have never come around to, as you know, and as I've, as I've said many times, I only saw it opening night and then I never saw it again. Like yeah, that is a movie yeah. that I, I am avoiding because I hate it so much. Mm-hmm. Aliens vs. Predator, uh, I like saw... Prometheus. <laughs> and the score for Alien Three, and the score for Alien Three. No, no. That, no, that is too. It is too good to talk about. Is the problem? You're going to hear that in 35 years. The, first, the so <laughs> Alien vs Predator, the first one, uh, I think is a, is a movie that you have to just watch it for what it is, and uh, and if you're in the right mood for it, and in, in the right setting for it, it's actually pretty fun. It's it's a, it's a rare movie where. The less you think about it, the more enjoyable it is. And actually, and it's not so stupid that it falls apart in that situation. There I are agree. some movies like Transformers movies, right, where they are so stupid and boneheaded that even with the sound off, it's it's infuriating to watch. And with, people pour out money to that shit because it's entertaining. Go ahead. Yeah, and, and because <laughs> and because it's like escapist and, and they're and that's and yeah. that's what they grew up with and it's comforting to them. And and I get that mm-hmm, and it's fine. Mm-hmm. But with Alien vs. Predator, like it's it's a movie that is perfect for this scenario, and this is a scenario that we live out quite often in our household. Both of my kids fucking love that movie. They love Alien vs. Predator. They play the scene. They act out the scenes from it. They love the face hugging shit. And they just they just love that movie. And for them, it is a really easy Alien property to watch because it's not mm-hmm. very scary. It's PG thirteen. Um, there's not that much gore in it. And it's very creature-centric, and that's what you want when you're a little kid. So it is a great movie to put on when it's a Saturday night, the kids want to see a movie, you want to watch an alien film, and it's you can put it on kind of half volume while you're also playing with action figures and hanging out, and you can look up, up and see up, some awesome... Up. That's not an alien film. It's some kind of film, but ain't no alien a, film. A film that has xenomorphs in it. You, 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 you know what I mean? I, I, just, I just want to watch something that has a, the xenomorph in it. And, and, it's, and it's great in that, in that situation. It is not a movie that I can ever sit down and genuinely pay deep attention to. But I think if I'm in the right place for it, it's a really enjoyable movie to watch. Yeah. Uh, you know, to be honest with you, the performance by Santa, 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 Santa Lathan. Lathan, is that her yeah. name? I thought her performance was fantastic. I, she wasn't over the top. She was earnest in her performance. She conjured a little bit of Ripley, but she was her own character. It wasn't. They didn't try and make her Ripley. Mm-hmm. Um, they, you could tell that uh, Paul Paul Anderson really had a lot of respect for Ripley, so he funneled her a little bit, her strength in her, but she wasn't Ripley. Sean Lathan's character, I can't remember her name in the movie. She was it's a uh, better Alex idea. Lex. Lex. Okay. Lex. Yes, you're right. Lex. She was a better idea of Ripley than, I'm sorry, Elizabeth Shaw and Daniels from both of those films. She's a stronger, better, more coherent homage to Ripley than the both of those characters combined. Well, well you know why, though? It's because it the character she's based on in the comics is fucking awesome. This yeah, is what I'm yeah. telling you. And it is yeah. a fully fledged character that goes through transformations over time and becomes one of them. And it's a great character. And that's why mm-hmm. that, that was a, a really well-written character that I think, I think that Sanaa Lathan is an underrated actress. She was in Contagion. She was really good in that. Yes. Contagion is a great film. Yeah. She's a super good actress and she's used really well in this. I think that the lead in it, Raul, uh, uh, what's the name? Raul uh, Bo- Bona, Bo- Boner. We'll say Boner. Boner. But I think Raul Boner. Boner. Uh, Bova, Bova, Raul Bova. Uh, I think he's terrible. I, I think that like a, a lot, the the performances in this movie are very uneven. I think Lance Henriksen is super awkward in this movie. <laughs> like I feel like yeah, he's I kind mean, of I, I just in. even I, I don't 
that was part of my I know that Paul Thomas Anderson or not Paul Thomas Anderson, it's no, another it's director. Paul I always Anderson. get those names good. It's, it's Paul Anderson. W. S. Anderson, yeah. Yes, yes. But I know that he always had wanted to make an alien film. And in fact, if you want to see his best film ever that conjures the spirit of alien, almost shot for shot in a couple of scenes. Event Horizon. Event Horizon. Yeah. Really That's good a film. Up movie. It's I don't really think it's a up. really good movie. I, I think it's a it's a it's a it's a movie worth seeing. And yes. it's a movie that has a lot to say. I don't know if it's like a great film, but it's no, a I don't film think it's a great that, film um, either. I think it's good. I think it's solid. I think yeah, it's a I think solid it's really, film. It's an interesting, that, that would be a fun frame rate. That would be a fun oh, fucking yeah. frame rate. Because oh, that movie sure, has some crazy sure. history too with a lost cut of it and uh, all of the like missing footage of the super gory scenes and shit. Yeah. And it, but even, yeah. The, even the version that we have is, is like incredibly hard to watch. It's disgusting. Yeah, it is very um, hard. I remember after, uh, the screening of it I saw in Chicago, I was disturbed for days. I had like nightmares. Yeah, it's a very, it's a very disturbing movie. And again, yeah. like, but, and then he turns around and makes a movie starring two horror franchise icons. And it's, yeah. and it's very milk toast in terms of, it's yeah, it a movie is. that but I think that was can watch and, and saying love. we want to appeal to a, de- a, a wider demographic. Yeah. So there's probably one, you know, one fuck in there somewhere. Cause they can do that in a PG 13 right. film. And it was the, the beginning of, Fox trying to bring back the franchise while watering it down at the same time. I mean, really, Prometheus was going to be PG-13 until fans got outraged by it, and they changed it to R. But I think there's only one or two F-words in there and not a lot of gore, to be yeah. honest with you. And Prometheus? Um, but it, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, but the gore, the gore that's in it is pretty explicit. I, like, there's I, some terror and horror in it, but not yeah. a lot of blood. That's yeah. what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Um, but I really, again, to get back to the character of Alex, is that her name? Le- Lex. Lex, okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I really, really enjoyed her character. I really did. I felt like she was intelligent. I didn't feel like, oh, it's just ridiculous. She's ridiculous. I didn't feel like, I thought her, her dialogue was good. She was well-performed. Um, and uh, Paul W.S. Anderson really struck this balance of, finding a character that was a homage to Ripley without being Ripley. And the prequels haven't been able to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, props to that. Like I could watch the first AVP film a couple times, not because I think it's a great film, but just because I think it's, you know, you, they're almost night and day. The first and the second, the, the second's not even related. I mean, barely, but yeah. Uh, two performances that I think are really easy to overlook in this movie that, which is unfortunate is Tom Woodruff jr. Coming back and playing the hero alien in this, the grid alien who has gone on to become a, a pretty veritable fan icon. I mean, the, you see grit, there was grid alien merchandise from NECA from, uh, mm-hmm. from, uh, oh, I don't remember what other company it was, but there's been a couple versions of the grid alien that you can buy. There's been a uh, fan art. There's a lot of gifts featuring the grid alien. It's a, it's a, it's a memorable design. And I think that he, you know, he, of course, he also played the uh, the the creature in Alien Three, and he was in uh, mm-hmm. Resurrection extensively, and uh, and you can see that in his performances. But I think there's a reason why people gravitate toward that alien. And then, of course, Ian White is playing the the primary predator character, and he was very prominently featured in Prometheus as the final engineer uh, at the end of the movie. Um, and he's somebody who is uh, like a another really great. Uh, character actor in terms of uh, not not just character actor but in terms of uh, playing extraordinary characters because he's over 70 yes. feet tall um but he's also like you know he's not getting the part just because he's huge and bulky he's getting the part because he's a good actor and he can move well mm-hmm. and i think mm-hmm. um you you get to the reason why those characters work really well uh in the film as these sort of hero creature characters is that they're um they're believably portrayed i think 
Yeah. Um, yeah, I would agree. In fact, I think that the, the work, the effect effects work on AVP is better than the effects work in resurrection in some ways. It's more believable, but they're better cuts. I have always had a problem with Woodruff Jr. in the suit. Not that he doesn't do a good job in the suit. It never cuts well between either the matte puppet or the digital puppet. Cause you see this guy who's really tall. Cause Tom Woodruff Jr. I've met him. He's very, very tall. He's, he's like almost six, four, six. Right? He's like, no, he's like more than that. He's got to be like six, six. Um, really? Six, yeah. He's very, very tall. Um, way towering. taller than I suspected. Towering. A towering. monster. Monster. <laughs> um, but I feel like his, um, uh, what do you call that? Um, your your body. Yeah, you're, your groping, body you're groping is... your breasts right now. I don't know what that's. His his, his nipples. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what. No, this is. his his body size, like the size of his legs, the size of his arms. They look bulky in the suit. Yeah, he looks more what? humanoid, right? Uh, like yeah, he, and he I don't like have, that. I don't like and that at I, all. I mean, well, especially because we we have Balaji, you know, kind of establishing what an alien could look like, which was completely otherworldly. And then you, in Covenant, you have Javier Botet playing yes, that character, right? It looks, yes. it looks accurate, and it looks and looks accurate. Again. I, it looks I like agree with that. Should. That physically, there he's not ideal for the creature, but he had a lot of experience in the suit acting oh, for sure. convincingly and I think it I think it comes across. And I also think that I think you're right. It's I think his the best effects, performance as an alien. I think you're right. And and I think that I absolutely agree with you. And I think that the effects also are really worth talking about because this of course was ADI and mm-hmm. this was their fourth alien film, right? Aliens, Aliens, Alien 3. Alien 3, Resurrection. Resurrection. Yes, so AVP. So this this was their fourth time around. This was, you know, twenty years into their history of making alien films and it shows you know they really knew what they were doing in resurrection where they had this huge effects budget and they and they tried a lot of new things out some of it feels kind of overwrought to me i mean the newborn being mm-hmm. a great example of that but also just mm-hmm. like the, the the creatures were so wet and it was kind of so like over the and their top hands were like the, the xenomorphs hands were like almost distended like frog hands they didn't yeah. they didn't even i know that there was a mix of dna but I don't like where they took those hands. They, yeah. they just look weird. They didn't look like Xeno hands anymore. <laughs> I don't anymore. like where they, they took look, those hands. They're like these distended where the <laughs> fingers are kind of squished together and pushed out at the end. It was just yeah, it's a weird design. Like it. It's a it's a it's a weird design. But I, f- I feel like the 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 creature in uh, AVP looks great. I, I I think that like the cool fossilized tail looks really good. Uh, and I think that um, you get to see them do a, a really great job. You see this amazing queen alien, right? Which we haven't even yes. talked about yet. Yeah. Which looks yes. incredible. It's, it's um, incredible. Um, and, th- and then, of course, I think that the digital compositing was also super well done. And I think that that sequence that I love to talk about, which is like my favorite shot ever of the fucking alien queen chasing Lex through the uh, whale skeleton. Like, it looks really good. It looks yeah, it stupid and funny, but it looks really yeah. it looks convincing, you know. Yeah. And and of course, James Cameron could not make the alien queen run convincingly in, in his masterpiece of a film because there were a thousand people operating this ungainly puppet that didn't make very much physical sense. And it's, you know, it's it's clear from, you know, if you look at it too closely that what you're watching is a puppet. Uh, whereas I really feel like in AVP, they, they got past that by having extremely realistic puppetry shot mm-hmm. up close and with extra, extraordinary animatronics, etc. And then really good, uh, clear digital compositing and CG. And yep. I think that the... It's like they had watched Alien 3 and thought, we can't do this again. <laughs> like, let's not let that happen with the fucking yeah. compositing. And then you look at, of course, Requiem, and it is like, 
garbage. It's like, what the hell happened? It, it, they, yeah. they, they went back on every single aspect of what I just said. Well, yeah. And I think the problem with, of course, well, it's not, it's not ADI. So I, I don't, I'm not saying ADI screwed it up, but I'm no, saying that whatever their what, fucking company. What wasn't, what wasn't ADI? Uh, AVP Requiem. No, they were on AVP Requiem. That was them. They were? Yes. But uh, they've also went on the record saying that there was no money. Oh, okay. They had no money. And they used a lot of the same suits that they had to repurpose for Resurrection, which or for from the first AVP, which is why a lot of it's in the dark. A lot of it's just black. But also I remember the Xeno looking like those weird jagged teeth that look like they're really far apart and you could see through the Xeno's (laughs) mouth. Like I was like, this is not like – this didn't even look like the Xeno anymore. It looked like Pumpkinhead. Yeah, it, it, it did look a little bit like Pumpkinhead. It was terrible. Um, we won't. We don't need to talk about APP Requiem. No, but I, I'm surprised though that uh, that they worked on that. I'd, I'd forgotten that. I thought it was just the company that the the brothers uh, co-owned, but I guess I guess not. Anyway, that being said, I think the effects in the first AVP film were really good. You know, it's shot more mm-hmm. cartoony, but it's it's mm-hmm, effective. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, it's definitely. It takes itself seriously, which I can appreciate. It doesn't. It's not very tongue in cheek. Whereas that the film we shall not speak of yet um, <laughs> is very like tongue in cheek and ridiculous and over the top. And but I really felt like the first AVP AVP film took itself seriously, and it was like trying to be the best it could be. Um, and it unfortunately didn't have that great of a story. And uh, it was a film that was built around the set pieces as opposed to a film that was built around the story. Um, but yeah, I think that. For what it is, it's enjoyable. Sure. And I, I think that what's uh, kind of a missed opportunity with it is that there were deviations from the comics that Anderson and his team took that could have been really interesting. So, for example, there's this whole uh, Lovecraftian thing going on where uh, is the sort of this, this callback to At the Mountains of Madness, which is an incredible novel, where there's this, you know, this this underground, horrible place deep in the Arctic and um and and I kind of like how they said it there. They they said it in this like arctic tundra underground with this like mysterious, you know, this this underground discovery. Um and that could have been really dark and really fascinating if there were any suspense in this movie, which there's not, and that's why little kids there can enjoy it, really. right? But it, yeah. there could have been a ton. There there it could have been really like instead of just like let's go down there and see what there is, it could have been really frightening, you know? That that mm-hmm. could have been really cool. That um, scene where they're in the um the sacrificial room essentially with the yeah. bodies on the, I thought that was a pretty interesting scene. I thought visually it was pretty creepy with yeah. the eggs popping up. Um, yeah. It wasn't scary, but it was creepy. It was like, this is like, it was well-planned. It was, yeah. uh, it was un- unexpected, unexpected. And if it had been given, if, if it had been handled in a more kind of serious way, it, it could have been kind of terrifying, I think. Um, and I feel like a lot of the movie is like that. A lot of the movie is, it seems like Anderson was kind of stepping back from what he had done with event horizon, probably because the studio was telling him to, but mm-hmm. you can still see like the kind of devious, dark uh, sensibilities there because he kind of goes to those places. Then he kind of like steps it back a little bit. Um, I also thought the ancient aliens thing was uh, just ridiculous. But um, yeah, you know. I thought so too. Yeah, but, and that's really those <laughs> types of things are really like just tell the story you're going to tell. Don't don't you don't need to go that far. Yeah. Um, which funny enough, funnily enough, what other film did that too? Prometheus. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. yeah, there's this there's this tendency, I think, in a lot of films to try to explain everything and to try to um, to try to justify everything. If they had set this not on Earth, they wouldn't have needed any of that. I really yeah. think that if they had just yeah. done what they had done with uh, the Predator, 
which I think was really good, um, then I think that they that they would have, um, you know, because that that takes place in this alien environment with these prisoners. It's everything's different and strange. Mm-hmm. They don't need to get into the whole mythos of what's going on, yeah. the societies that yeah. they came from, where why they're here. They just sort of like you just know that they're prisoners who were kind of dumped at the site, right? Um, if yeah. they had taken that route, if this had been set like the comics on another world in a different place in a different time, could have been the distant past. Who knows? Uh, then, then you're immediately, you know, uh, you don't have to justify everything. Part of why yeah. I think Star Wars, like something like The Mandalorian, works so great, is because you don't have to justify every decision. You get mm-hmm. the sense that there's this unlimited universe out there, and that mm-hmm. like it's okay, you don't have to have everything explained to you. The second you yeah. put something on Earth, you have to justify it, right? And that's yeah. And to me, that whole Earth setting, and I know for years, some people are like, oh yeah, Earth War, no. As a writer, as a storyteller, as someone who understands films, when you set films like these on Earth, it just waters it all down. It dumbs it all down. You have to explain everything. It's just like, I don't want to see aliens running through New York City. I think it's ridiculous. The best setting of these creatures and Predator 2. I mean, uh, like Predator 2 came to is in L.A., it's hilarious. It's so dumb. It's I just awful. Love, I love Predator 2. I do too. I do too. I, really I love it. Like, I'll watch it, fucking but it's terrible. Danny Glover sweating through his shirt in Predator 2. <laughs> it's like my favorite fucking meme. I love that. Yeah. But that movie, awesome. is, that movie is funny in that in that way too. Very but gory I, too. Oh yeah. But yeah. you know, I just don't think uh, unless Earth is, unless it's an Earth that's 300 years from now, that's very aesthetically different, that's a foreign world to us, I don't want to see any predator or alien film on earth. I don't need to, we don't need to be like, Oh look, there's a predator. There's an alien in the statue of Liberty. Like, I mean, <laughs> the like, of Liberty. <laughs> <laughs> there's an alien on the Lincoln Monument. Like that's what they'll do. Swatting at helicopters like King Kong. Yeah, oh my like, God. That's a, it'll, they'll make it, it becomes spectacle. It, it does, does not become the small intimate stories. That no, they need it becomes, look at small town USA, but there's also predators in it. It's like, it's, yeah. it becomes so yeah. stupid. And it's funny. Cause you would think that that would actually be like a really powerful tool, but it never, it never works. Well, it always fucks up stories and people yeah. always get there eventually in a sci- I'm glad star Wars hasn't done this, but at some point in a, in a sci-fi star franchise, they always need to, they always <laughs> need to fucking find a way to have them crash land on earth and be like, Whoa, I'm a fish out of water. Like, and it's just, it just never fucking goes well. Um, I think, but I will say this, I will say this. I don't know if it's Earth as much as it is uh, a uh, – so I, I guess I don't even know how to phrase it because I'm exhausted. But he, what I'm thinking is Mad Max, okay? I'm a huge George Miller fan. I am a fucking massive George Miller fan. And I think one of the reasons why I love the Mad Max films so much is because they feel like they take place on another planet, but it's not. It is It is our planet. And that awareness, that gulf, the distance between what we know and what we've become – is in itself an alien experience. It's frightening. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if you yes, were to set absolutely. an alien film in an environment like that, in a world that was almost unrecognizable, and that it's clinging to some vestige of what it once was, and then now it's dealing with an infestation of creatures or something, I could see that working. I could see, for example, in a post-apocalyptic Mad Maxian setting, like like in the, in the Fury Road kind of setting, I, yes. Which I think is one of the great movies I've ever seen. Oh, I, absolutely! I, I really, I really mean that. I, I, I watch that movie all the time. The black and white version, the regular version. I think that is a fucking masterpiece. I agree. I think that um, if you were to take 
xenomorphs and predators and put them into a setting like that and have religion spring up around them and have this whole, you know, people begin worship, worshiping them as gods and they become subservient. They willingly sacrifice themselves to the sport so that they can like be, you know, so that to appease these, these hunter breeds or something like that. And yeah, I mean, I think that could work great. I think that part of why Fury Road works so well is because it is, uh, it is, it is, a, it's such an unsettling experience because although it's so extreme and it's so crazy, it feels real to us. It feels like mm-hmm. it's actually like things could end up there, you know? Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and if they did, people would resort to primitive religions and they would resort to sacrificial ceremonies and things like that. And mm-hmm. the gods would be the ones that they would be worshiping. And the gods in this case could be alien creatures. And I could see that being super interesting personally. And the, and the only way that would really happen is if someone really competent in their storytelling, like George Miller, which I don't think he has any interest in alien versus predator or alien or whatever, um, telling a story. Because what we would get was, even if it was set in a dystopian earth, somehow they'd find themselves underground and they'd be like, oh, hey, this is LaSalle Street. <laughs> <laughs> my grandma my grandfather used to go to work every day like it would right. just be some is stupid like, <laughs> I, like oh no hey this is the old train system right you know they used to have trains and tunnels down here let's right. take one of these right and they right. end up in a train and the alien fall i mean i can play it by the numbers how they how right. they write these movies but the alien can't get on the train because it doesn't have the fare for it so it can't get the door open <laughs> 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 no I, i'm saying see like in in fury road for example there is like so little tying it to the world that we know yes. it is so yes. different but yeah. there's a, there's enough there that you know that that this is somehow related right and the horror of fury road is that we're watching how fallen we we are yeah. from our humanity right we we can see it on a, and it's horrifying to exactly. see exactly exactly that that devolving um from what we could be to what they became and it's so believable which is why it's so fucked up and so i'm I'm just throwing fury road out there i think that that is a template for an avp film that i i think if you gave that to somebody competent would do a great job that being said i don't think somebody competent would touch avp with a 10-foot pole because it is almost an impossible thing to pull off and because like no studio is going to fund that because who's the fucking audience for that right Mm -hmm. the audience for Mm -hmm. an avp film isn't really alien fans and it isn't really predator fans it's sort of this hybrid of people who are going to see fast and furious movies and are looking for some monster oh, action amen brother right? and amen. so and, and so which is not there's nothing wrong with that because i enjoy some of those movies and i am no, sometimes that person right there's nothing wrong with that but what i'm saying is that the types of filmmakers the types of filmmakers making those sorts of films are not usually attracted to the material that we're talking about or they're not sought by studios to make that kind of a movie so it would mm-hmm. be like a fucking tightrope walk but I think it could. I think it could work. I really hope that we do not see another AVP film that is anything like Requiem. I could personally see another film in the vein of the first AVP done competently that could be really enjoyable, and I would be fine with it. Well, I think the only way that we'd ever, ever in a million years see another AVP film is they'd have to get the alien IP healthy, number one. And once it's healthy, once it's making some money, then think, can this sustain an ex- expanded universe can this sustain us a, uh, a series somewhere on a streaming service that deals with alien versus predator can this sustain it because we've had two successful films that have made 200 million dollars in, in net profit uh that's you have to see that first and i think fox at the or time a, i mean Spots, way off from that as much as i there's been so many films from Fox that I've loved over the years, which of course were the original alien trilogy. Um, 
Fox fucked that series, fucked the Alien franchise over and the Predator franchise over. They had no idea what they're doing from beginning to end, except for the old guard back in the day that could that could take risks, that could give the film to people like Ridley Scott, James Cameron, and David Fincher. Um, up from that point, they just they didn't know what they were doing, and I'm so glad it's not in their hands anymore. I'd rather not get another film from that old fox than get another film that has been as divisive as the films that we've seen, certainly in the AVP realm. Yeah, I, I think that's that's a, a fair assessment. It, but if there's a studio that could pull it off, I think it's Disney. You know, if there's Perhaps. a studio that could make popcorn entertainment that was well done, uh, like I could see them making a, a, a convincing AVP film. But it's not something that I'm personally campaigning for because I think these are really minor yeah. entries into what mm-hmm. we love and that it, it's it's sort of like feels funny to, to talk about them. But I do mm-hmm. think that there is a part of us all that, uh, you know, that loves to see monsters fight each other. There's a reason why Godzilla films are eternally popular. There's a reason why we flock to theaters to see, you know, iconic creatures battle each other. I think it speaks to something within us. Uh, and that thing within us, I think, is it's the kind of thing that loves to do this, to go there to be entertained and to leave being uh, thoughtful, you know? Mm-hmm. The best Godzilla mm-hmm. film, and you know me, I'm a very big Godzilla person. The best Godzilla films, especially the Heisei films, right? They're all movies where you walk in thinking that it's going to be this funny, great, you know, epic, ridiculous effects thing. And then you leave kind of questioning something about the human condition or questioning something about, like, do I really actually feel comfortable having rooted for whomever I rooted for or something like mm-hmm. that, right? Mm-hmm. That's what a good AVP film could be. It could be something yeah. where you go there to beat for popcorn entertainment and you leave with some sort of sense of moral questioning and thinking like, well, what did I really actually watch, you know? Mm-hmm. And there mm-hmm. were moments like that, of course, in the end of the first AVP film. I think, and, and you see it in Lex, who becomes close with the with the Predator, right? And and, and that's I don't think she becomes close. She becomes respected. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, right, right. But but, but I guess that's what I mean. Is that, is that there's there's like a veil that gets sort of pushed up against yes. him and passed yes. a little bit, right? Not in like there's an interesting respect way. Between the species, but yes. there's respect and there's like a change, there's transformation, there's growth for both of those characters, and that's interesting. And I think that if 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 it had been handled more audaciously, you know, that that could have actually been like like it is in in Rites of Passage and in some of the great Predator um, comic books. I think that that could be a really uh, or Music of the Spears that could be a really cool thing to see in a film you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So who knows? I would agree. Well, I suppose that's probably a good place to stop for now. Yeah. That was our intro into AVP and uh, there'll be some more conversation and fun to be had with these films. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. All right. All right, people. Thanks. Thanks for listening. Bye guys. For more on Perfect Organism, the Alien Saga podcast, please visit perfectorganism.com. Perfect Organism is available for listen or download through Podbean, iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, and Spotify. If you'd like to support the show, please visit perfectorganism.com forward slash support. Thank you.